Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. God is up to something, and uh, went from that experience to, I got back from uh, South Carolina last night, and, and what God is doing down there with churches and church planting and so forth. It is such an exciting time. You and I get to live at this time. With all the stuff that's going on in the world, no wonder we're going through difficulties because the enemy knows that once you realize who you are in Christ, he's not, he's not too worried about this gathering tonight. You might have had a hard time. You might have had a, a cow getting ready to give birth or something. You might have had a difficult time today. You might have some difficulty, but the enemy really doesn't care if you come tonight, he doesn't care what anybody's preaching. He doesn't care about that. What he cares about is how you leave here. What he cares about is what's going to happen after tonight. That's where, that's where the difference is made. And when, when we understand collectively, which I, I believe is what is going to happen next in America, it's not a revival. It's going to be an awakening. I, I don't believe, Amer I, I think something's happening at Ashbury and Lee University, and there's several others where students were, I think that's the generation that's going to lead something that, that we're going to wake up to realize that we're, whereas revival is usually something that is, that is led from a pulpit, uh, an awakening is led by the pew. An awakening is what happens when the body of Christ, wait a minute, this is who we are. We are children of the Most High God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. That, that, that makes a difference. Bobby used an illustration of how we see our, our life in like the parade and, and how it, uh, uh, I, I want to share with you something about your worth that maybe can also illustrate that maybe in a little bit different way. I am, uh, for my brain break, I love... Um, uh, 60s muscle cars. I don't know if any, does anybody like muscle cars. I, I love the 60s. I, I mean, I just, I love, I've had 64 Chevelle, 63 Nova SF, 67 GTO, 69 GTO. And I'm, I, Lisa and I will go on our dream days and we'll just ride somewhere and I'll almost put her through the windshield when I see an old car in the field because I slam a brake on. And I, oh, Lisa, that is absolutely, what a gorgeous car. And she'll say, Frank, it's got a tree growing through it. <laughs> and, and, the, and the difference, there's a difference between the way I see it and the way she sees it. Are you following me? So I, I saw this car one day, um, this, this old car. If you put that first picture up I, that I gave you, and I saw this car one day and I said to Lisa, I said, oh, that car is gorgeous. And she said, Frank, that car's got some problems. There's no interior. The, the door is missing, and, and I don't think you can drive that without a fender. And I said, Lisa, that, that is a sweet little car. It actually is the last year. I don't know if you know this or not, but it's the last year. It's a 63 Fairlane 500. It's the last year that American-made cars had the fins. Remember the fins? Uh, uh, the... Uh, 63 was the last year of the fins. And so that, that's the way Lisa saw the car. This is the way I saw it. This is, this is my car today. That's, that's, put, put that other picture up if you would. 
if you would. This is often the way we see ourselves. We see from the beginning. God sees from the end. God sees the finished product. He knows what you're going to become. Matter of fact, he put the whole finished he put that whole finished product when he was done and the plans were made and the steps were ordered, all the, all the contacts you'll have in life, all the, the path that you'll take, detailed out to every single step. When he was done putting that together, he then put it into your mother's womb. Because God doesn't see this. What God sees is this. That is a nice looking car, though. That, that thing is fun. I put that blower on it um, during, during uh, COVID as I was bored. And, um, and, it, and it, doesn't have a, um, it doesn't have a clutch, but it's got a four speed. So you have to shift it. It's a, it's, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's street legal. <laughs> but I'm having a lot of fun with that. And... Um, I was in town one day with it, and it was a double tripper. Um, I had a, I have a, 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 when I come home and it's been kind of a difficult day, I put my briefcase down and I'll get the car out and I'll take it through a trip to town, put it back in the garage, get my briefcase and come in the house. And Lisa will say, it's been one of those days, huh? And I say, yeah, but I feel better now. And, um, but this one day, it was a two-tripper day. It was a really, really, really rough day. And on my second trip through town, I, I, stopped, I was at a stoplight. And everybody that, every, everybody that sits next to it at a stoplight wants to race me. I don't want to race them. I just, anyway. And so there was a, a, a Mustang, uh, I think around a, a, like a 2015 five-point slow. And... Uh, And, and so when the light turned green, first gear, he's still with me. Second gear, he's still with me. Third gear, he's still with me. And I thought, wow, he's getting serious here. And so I dropped it back in second gear. And that was it. Nothing. The car started coasting. I blew the transmission right out of that car. And... Um, so I called a rollback, and uh, when it got on the rollback heading to the shop, I took a picture of it and sent it to Lisa and just simply said, I can explain. <laughs> but that's the way God sees us. Everyone in this room, regardless of what process you're in, that's the way God sees us. You're not, you're not a finished product yet because we're not going to be like him until we see him. But we are somewhere in the process because that's the way God sees us. So I want, want you to understand worth. And this is the first thing that I, I, I'm stuck on that I can't get over. We might not get over it we, tonight. We may not get to the second thing because the first thing gets me every single time. Every single time I read this first verse of Scripture from John, if you could put it up so we can read it together. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that you, that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. You could take all the words off that screen and leave those three up. I chose you. I chose you. What is my worth? I don't know if I can fully 
quantify or qualify that question. But I can tell you this. He chose me. He chose me. I'm the seventh of eight kids in my family, five boys, three girls, and the only one that served the Lord. My four brothers have spent time, have served time. I've got one brother right now that is doing some time. And you don't have to ask me, where would you be if not for Jesus? Because I could tell you where I would be if not for the Lord. I don't know why. I don't know what I have to offer. I don't know what I can do. I don't know value. I don't know worth. All I know is that according to his word, he said I didn't choose him. He chose me. Turn to your neighbor, would you, and say he chose you. He chose you. You may not even believe it tonight, but he did. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here. You're, you're, you did not today decide, I'm going to get myself ready. I'm going to go to that men's thing tonight. We're going to have a good time and so forth. No, your steps were ordered of the Lord. You're not here because you just decided to be here. God knew when he put you in your mother's room that you would be here tonight because he ordained every single step. And so if he ordered your steps here tonight, then it's his meeting. It's not ours and it's not yours. We try to put something together. But really, if he is the one that ordered your steps here, then it's really his meeting. That's why the scripture says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. What is it that the spirit is speaking to you because he brought you here tonight? It's his meeting. We have an ear to listen to his voice, perhaps between Bobby and I or, or Alex and this worship team. Maybe there's a line that's said or something that stirs something inside of you, but it's up to the Holy Spirit in his meeting. If you give him an ear, he's going to speak something to you. And for me, I, I, I am having a hard time in my own spirit fully understanding that one simple passage of Scripture that perhaps many of us have read over and over and over and over again. Some of us have it memorized. It's a nice verse of Scripture by now, and, and you've got it in your, the Rolodex of your mind. But I am stuck on, he chose me. He chose me. He chose you. God chose you. That's why he is able to say, the one that is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that spoke and every atom in the atmosphere had to listen to him and obey him and the stars went to their place. The sun is doing its thing. The moon is doing its thing. The land and the sea is the proper border that God has set up because everything became obedient when God spoke and God spoke your name. He knows your name and he chose you. He chose you. Turn to your other neighbor and say that. He chose you. He chose you. God chose you. And because he's God, he is able to live up to this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon, because God chose you. His hand is on your life. There may be all kinds of things that are being formed against you, but they will never accomplish what they're intended for to accomplish because God said so. Matter of fact, he is evil, even able to bring good out of something that was bad because God has a good plan in store for you because he chose you. He anointed you. He made a way for you. He made a plan for you. He has 
has anointed you. He is asking you to come before the Father and ask him. And if you ask in Jesus' name, it's going to be done. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You have been blood covered. You have been forgiven. You have been anointed. You've been given the Holy Spirit. Come on, you're a child of God. He chose you. He chose you. I'm riding down the road thinking about this, looking at the sky, and, and all, I, I get to live, I get to breathe, and I, and I just can't get through that. He chose me. God chose me. I'm just a kid that grew up in Bangor, Maine. I it was eight of us. Mom, my mom had two litters. The first four that she had, her husband, first husband came home from the war physically, but not mentally. They were divorced. She met my dad, started having her second litter. My mom was seven months pregnant with me when a pastor came to our home on the third visit. You have to understand during the 50s and early 60s, a couple living together, having children, children from another marriage. We were the other side of the other side of the track. Till I was in my early teens, my dad worked a minimum wage. We didn't, we didn't have anything to brag about. But on the pastor's third visit, my dad accepted Jesus. The next, the next week, mom, seven months pregnant with me, got married. And they tried to live a, tried to live a life so hard because of the older kids and because of all the other influences and, and so forth from the life that they lived before. But they tried. They tried. But in the middle, in the middle of all of that, in the middle of all of that, God chose me. In the middle of all your mess, God chose you. If you don't remember another thing about tonight, God chose you. God chose you. You belong to God. You belong to God. He chose you. Let that just flow through your veins for just a moment. He, he chose you. Think for a moment all the other millions of people that are out there. And you're the one sitting here. He chose you. He chose you. God chose you. I think I need to say it a couple more times. God chose you. God chose you. You can do it again to your neighbor, would you? Just God, God chose you. God chose you. God chose you. God chose you. Of all the other people, all the other things, of all the others, God chose you. You didn't choose him. Good times, God chose you. You know, when I'm going through a difficult time, I, I do have difficult times. Well, I'm going through a difficult time. I, I, I say, God, this is your fault. You chose me. You anointed me, and you've ordered my steps. I'm trying to live a life in total obedience to you. I'm listening to your spirit. I'm walking in the spirit, not in the flesh. But I've run into something, God, here that's just a little bit difficult. 
but I'm here because you ordered my steps and I'm here. So if I'm in this mess, God's your fault. So if you got me in it, (laughs) you can get me out of it. God chose me. God chose you. I want you to look at two more verses of Scripture quickly in the Psalms to see something in Psalm 15. Psalm 15, 1 says this, Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary, in your sacred tent, this passage says? Who may live on your holy mountain? Look at Psalm 23, if you would. We're going to sort of just dive into the middle of Psalm 23. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, as some may have memorized, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Notice these two passages of Scripture that are just a couple of chapters apart, written by the same author. One verse in Psalm 15 says, Lord, who shall live on thy holy mountain? Yea, though I walk through the valley. Notice the two things. One one place you live in one place you're just passing through. One place God says you dwell and one place you just are passing through. One place, stay with me, one place, listen, one place God wants you to be, this place he allows you to pass through. Are you following me? He chose you, and he wants you to live on the mountain of his presence. Bobby brought it up. Where did Abraham take his son? To the mountain. What happened at that mountain? God showed up. God showed up. God wants you to dwell in the place of his presence where he shows up. That's where God wants us to live. God wants us to live. It's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. This is where God wants us to live. We are going to occasionally walk through a valley. Some may be walking through some even tonight. You may be walking through something extremely difficult. But this is where he wants you to live. And he's promised that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death... You have no evil to fear. Why? Because you know God here. And if you know God here, you know God will be here. See, on your mountains, read God's word, the whole narrative of God's word, the whole story. Genesis to Revelation is God's story. It is his narrative. You can't take a verse of scripture out of that and define God by that verse of scripture any more than somebody can take a week out of your life and define your life by one week. You better hope that it was a good week and not a bad week. But, but, but you can't do that in scripture. That's where heresy comes from. It's the entirety of God's word. And in the entirety of God's word, we find this, that God shows up on the mountain and God shows off in the valley. 
God shows up on the mountain. This is where he explains himself. This is where God gives instructions. This is where you feel his presence. This is the Mount of Transfiguration where God gives you visions and God gives you dreams. But occasionally when you walk through here, this is where God shows up. God shows up, shows, shows up right here. God shows off down here. God shows himself up here in what he's able to do, who he is, his presence, his, his power, his, his, his wisdom, all these things that you're gaining. And, and can I say this to you? If you invest well here, you will make it through this. If you're not investing in this, this is going to be more and more difficulty. You are going to have difficulty in this world. You will have tribulation. But if you invest in your mountain, you're going to be able to make it through your valley. But if you don't invest in your mountain, come on, somebody help me. You have to invest in your mountain. If you invest in the presence of God, if you invest in your mountain, you will better able make it through your valley. David invested in his mountain. He knew the presence of the Lord. He knew the voice of the Lord. Even as a young man, he knew God. God, the God of his mountain, helped him with a lion, helped him with a bear. He knew. Matter, matter of fact, he said this, I will, I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And in the process, as he's, as he's going to meet his brothers and take them lunch, there's a giant that's challenging them. They're all hiding. But he had been to the mountain. He knew the God of the mountain was also the God of the valley. And the scripture says that David ran to the giant. David ran to the giant. And he said to the giant, you come before me with a sword and a shield, but I've been to the mountain. I know the presence of God, the anointing of God. He chose me. There's an anointing on my life. You don't understand. You're standing there with a sword and a shield. I come before you in the name of the Lord. I've been in his presence. I know what God can do. Come on, somebody. When you know what God can do, your valley experience is different. When you know what the presence of the Lord is about, when you know what it's like to be in the presence of God, when you're hungry for the presence of God, when you taste and see that the Lord is good, when you're running after God as a deer pants for the water brook, you are running after God. When you know God's presence, what is the valley, even if it's death? What is the valley? God is able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that I can ask or even think. He's God. He's God. So if I know him in the mountain, I'm going to see him in the valley. I've experienced some difficult things and, and, and walked through some things in, in, my, in my prayer life. I committed my life to the Lord. I committed my life to ministry and been serving the Lord. And, and Lisa and I planted a church. And wow, the, the, we went through some things in those early years. And, and one of the things that I went through was I... Um, I won't get into the whole story, but I was poisoned, and I ended up in the hospital for uh, a little over 30 days, and, and I had tubes and oh, needles and all these things going on, and, and so the doctors, oh, a team of doctors stand at the foot of my bed one night, and the one doctor says, um, Frank, we, have, we don't know what's going on with you. You're dying here in this hospital. Tomorrow morning, we're going to do exploratory surgery to see what's going on. And Lisa ends up going home. She, she hardly left my side, but she went home to get some rest because we felt like the next day was going to be a long day. I'm like 23 years old. I'm dying. 
the doctors said, I'm dying. During the night, code blue went off, and uh, I had my eyes shut tight, and I remember somebody saying one time, when you're, when you're on your way to heaven, you see a light. And uh, I kept my eyes tight. I didn't see a light. I'm like, dear Jesus, forgive me for that bad thought. Forgive me. I just need to see a light. Jesus, please. It was, but it was the guy next to me that died. It was close, though. It was close. So you could hear everybody running down the halls, code blue, and they come running in, and they, and they jumped up on his bed, and they did those things to pop his heart back on, and, and um, they took him out of the room. Now I'm wide awake, obviously, and 30 minutes later, he comes in, and, and uh, he's wide awake, and I looked over at him, and I said, whoa, that was pretty close, wasn't it? And he says, you're telling me. And so I start talking to him, and uh, turns out he was 79 years old. And I had, nobody had ever mentioned Jesus to him. And so I, I uh, tried, I got myself around on the bed and sat up a little bit. And I, and I, and I just shared with him my story. I, I shared with him about Jesus. And, and, and finally, after a, a ton of questions and so forth, he said a prayer with me and received Jesus as his Savior. At about, about 5 o'clock... About 5 o'clock in the morning, I, I finally passed out and... Um, the doctors come in and um, pinched my big toe and woke me up and said, hey, Frank, how are you feeling this morning? And I thought about it. I sat up on the bed and I said, I said Doc, I, I could go play basketball. And from that moment to today, I have never spent another night in the hospital. Can I, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? The, the spirit of the Lord that came into the room saved him, healed me. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And, and so when his presence came in that room, everything that needed to be done was done in his presence. This man was saved and I was healed. Can I tell you that it only takes one in the room to bring in God's presence. And if one in the room has been to the mountain and brings in God's presence, everyone in the room knows it. Everyone in the room feels it because the presence of the Lord shows up. The presence of the Lord shows up. The psalmist said it this way right, right in, the, in the middle of the prayer. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup, do you know it? My cup runneth over. Can I tell you that's the way we live? Can I tell you God's intention for you is not for you to live empty? His intention for you is for you to live with it overflowing. Because you can't touch anyone's life out of your emptiness. But if you're living with a life that's overflowing, what's spilling out of you is changing lives around you. Jesus is in the middle of a crowd, and there's a multitude that is just crowding in around him, and he, and he stops. Somebody touched me. 
what do you mean somebody touched you? There's a million people here. Somebody touched you. He said, yeah, somebody, somebody touched me. There was a, a little woman with an issue of blood that, that touched the hem of his garment, and out of his overflow, he felt it. The way we are supposed to live is the overflow. How do we get the overflow from the investment on the mountain? I could, I could go on, but can I, is it okay if I stop right here? Is it okay if I say to you, you have to invest in your mountain? Some of you brought some things in. Some of you brought, maybe, maybe you're sick. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with something physical and you, you just are uncomfortable. You need God. Maybe you got some bad news about your health or something. Maybe you're struggling with some other things and there are, there are other issues and so forth. Maybe you're just, maybe you're just feel dry and, and, and empty, but you, but you came here anyway and, and God ordered your steps here and so forth. And, and again, if you, if you miss everything tonight, if you miss everything tonight, would you please, would you please, when you go home tonight, write it on the door so that when you leave in the morning, you see it. And when you come home at night, you see it. Put it on the refrigerator. Better yet, write it on your mirror in your bathroom. When you get up in the morning, when you get ready to go to bed, invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain when you get up in the morning. Invest in your mountain when you go to bed at night. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain somewhere during the, the course of your day. Invest in your mountain. I promise you, Jesus said in this world, you are going to have these experiences. And if you want to be successful in these experiences, then you've got to invest in this mountain because this, this mountain is where he wants you to live. He wants you to live with his presence overflowing and, and with an anointing upon your life in when you, when you get up in the morning until you rest at night, you're, you're in his presence. When, and, and people know it when you're walking the street, when you're at work, when you're shopping, whatever you do, when you're hunting with your partner and your friend and so forth, there's something about your life. There's something about what you do and how you say it and the way you look. You're investing in your mountain. You are going to have these valleys. You're going to invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. If you're investing in your mountain, these become different. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest, invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. There is someone in this room right now. This is, this is what perhaps in our Pentecostal circles, that the area that we miss, oftentimes we preach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Have you been filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? As, as if the Holy Spirit desires to fill you once. But when you read the book of Acts, every time they ministered, they were filled again. Every time they poured out, they were filled again. The experience with the Holy Spirit is not past tense. He's always present. Always present. There's someone in this room, someone in this room, if it's you, it doesn't matter who else. It doesn't matter what eyes are on you. It doesn't matter what people think about you. It doesn't matter what anyone says about you. You have been chosen by God, and you feel a stirring in your spirit to invest in your mountain. If that is you, stand up. I'm going to invest in my mountain. 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 
I'm going to invest in my mountain. My day will be different. My valley will be different. My struggles will be different. My discouragement will be different because I am investing in my mountain. I'm investing in my mountain. Come on, lift a hand towards heaven if you would. Let's take a moment and just invest in your mountain. If, if, if you would, let what's in your heart right now come out and just say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you right now just come once again in this room and would you touch these men right now? Holy Spirit, as they stand here, they're lifting their hands towards you as a sign of surrender to you, Lord. I pray, God, that as they're investing right now in their mountain, the God, you would, you would fill them again, Lord, that you would bring healing in this room, that you would bring strength in this room, that you would bring victory in this room, that God, that discouragement would run from this place, that depression would have to leave this room, because Lord, these men right now are investing in their mountain, seeking you. God, they're investing right now, Lord, in their mountain. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Jesus, reveal yourself to them right now in the name of Jesus, 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 Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, fill this room, fill this room, fill this room. We invest in this mountain. We're investing in the mountain. Your word says it's the place that we live. It's the place where we dwell. It's the place that we, we make our abode in your presence. It's where, it's where we will abide. It's where we're going to live. It's where we're going to stay. It's in you, God, that we live, we move, we have our being. You are the air that we breathe, Lord. We want to dwell in your mountain, Lord, regardless of what we might go through. We're taking your presence with us as, God, you will show off in our life as you did to David and the giant was was killed and you showed up in his valley lord we invest in our mountain right now we invest in our mountain some of you are kneeling some of you are, come on if you want to just take 5 minutes come on let's turn let's take 5 minutes and turn this into a prayer meeting if you want to come and kneel here at this altar if you want to kneel in the aisle if you want to turn and kneel at your seat wherever it is make an altar make an altar invest in your mountain invest Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Don't miss this moment. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. Invest in your mountain. It's where he wants us to dwell. It's where he wants us to dwell. He wants us to dwell in presence. He wants us to live in presence. He wants us to stay in presence. He doesn't want us just to climb and then, and then fall down again. He wants us to live there. Wants us who who shall ascend, who shall dwell? Who shall ascend, who shall dwell? There are those that will dwell. Those that will dwell. Holy Spirit, just fill this room as we just invest in our mountain. Invest in our mountain. We're just investing right now. We're just investing right now into a mountain. We're just investing. We're investing time with you, Jesus. We're investing time in your presence. We're just investing this time in you. We're just investing this time in you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, perhaps, perhaps there is someone near you. You just want to put a hand on their shoulder. Just put a hand on someone's shoulder and just, and just encourage them in your prayer. Just encourage them in your prayer. Would you do that? Put your hand on a brother's shoulder and just encourage them with a prayer. We just invest in this mountain. Lord, we're investing 
in this mountain. You show up. You show up in the mountain. You show up. You've promised us you show up. You show up in our mountains. You show off in the valley, but oh God, we want you to show up. We want your presence. God, we're so hungry for your presence in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, you're anointing your presence. Jesus, 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 we love you. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.